Welcome back to Amerisogyny. I'm your host, Hannah Blue. This is episode 17. What female empowerment is and what it isn't. Today's episode will focus on viral stories about women in sports and entertainment. Let's talk women's basketball. Louisiana State University versus Iowa. Angel Reese went viral for giving Caitlin Clark the hand gesture, you can't see me. Looking dead at Clark, she did it and tapped her ring finger. And people lost their damn minds. Now, You Can't See Me wasn't created by WWE star John Cena. He made it popular, but the gesture came from a member of G-Unit. That's right, a rapper, Tony Yayo. And he did it first in a 2005 video with 50 Cent, So Seductive. And Cena has given credit to Tony. When he was on Jimmy Fallon's show, he said he took the gesture to another level after his brother dared him to do it on TV. By then, memes took over and made You Can't See Me go viral. Well, it ended up on the basketball court. And like Ray J said, Clark did it first when Iowa beat Louisville to enter the Final Four, two games prior to playing LSU. And unlike Reese, she was praised for it, not criticized. She was even praised by Cena himself. He said, even if they could see you, they couldn't guard you. He congratulated her and Iowa on a historic performance and advancing to the Final Four. So what did Reese get when she did it to Clark? Racism. Former Giants quarterback Danny Connell called it classless. Sports journalist Jose de Jesus Ortiz also called it classless. Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy said, classless piece of shh. And to this, NBA legend Shaq tweeted, so is your mother. (laughs) love it Keith Olbermann tweeted what an effing idiot doesn't matter the gender the sport the background you're seconds away from a championship and you do something like this and overshadow all the good mindless classless and what kind of coach does this team have and Shaq checked him too he said Shut your dumb ass up and leave Angel Reese alone. Good old Overman had to walk back those tweets. He said, I apologize for being uninformed last night about the backstory on this. I don't follow hoops, college or pro, men or women. I had no idea about Clark. Both were wrong. Overman then went to his podcast to criticize Reese and Clark calling them classless winners who were willing to overshadow their own team's victories. My take, if you don't know anything about basketball or the players, say nothing. And I noticed he didn't say anything when Clark did it. How could he not know the backstory when people were praising Clark left and right? Now he's saying both are classless only to cover for what he said about Reese. Let's strip it down to what it really is. Shall we? Angel Reese is black. Caitlin Clark is white. He knew that, didn't he? So did the other fools who tweeted their ignorance. 
None of them slammed Clark when she did it. And here's why. You see, people want to say what they want to say. What they don't want is to be called racist or be accused of being biased. But that's exactly what they are. Biased. You see, social media is a tool for people to say in front of the world what they would normally say in the privacy of their homes. I say it all the time. People out themselves every day. Podcast host Anna Horford had a point. She asked, why are the white athletes given much longer leashes when it comes to what constitutes as over-the-line behavior? Black athletes do it and they're thugs or classless, while white athletes do it and they're competitive. I think ESPN panelist Kevin Blackstone hit it on the head. He said, and I'm paraphrasing, Jack Johnson became the first black heavyweight boxing champion and was labeled a coward for using the same defensive style of boxing white fighters were praised for. He also tweeted, NFL halfback Joe Lilliard was criticized in the 1930s for being just as cantankerous as white players, yet the white players received no backlash. I'm going to quote what he told Morning Edition. We've been conditioned into judging similar, if not the same, behavior by white athletes and black athletes differently. And this was another antidote to go along with that qualitative evidence. I see nothing wrong with what Reese did. Clark poured the medicine. Reese simply gave her the dose she poured. Even First Lady Dr. Jill Biden is catching heat for her comments about the game. She said, So I know we'll have the champions come to the White House. We always do. So we hope LSU will come. But, you know, I'm going to tell Joe I think Iowa should come too because they played such a good game. To that, LSU said, we not coming. Period. First of all, no runner-up has ever been invited to the White House. It's a blatant slap to LSU. They won. Why should they share the spotlight? Two, I don't see any babies on Iowa's team. These are female athletes. They're not going to drop dead because they lost. Losing a game is not a boo-boo for the White House to kiss. I think the White House should focus on millions of people losing their health care benefits once the pandemic relief order ends. Worry about the people who can't buy food with inflation in full force. Worry about COVID still spinning around. And above all, with 2024 just around the block, concern yourself with not offending the black voters your husband needs to stay in the White House. Reese called Biden's offer a joke. But I say her words were a check she can't afford to cash with black voters. Let's be honest. I think Biden's support from the community is shaky. We haven't forgotten, he said. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. No, we haven't forgotten. Biden is in office because he was the lesser of two evils. We were sick of Trump and scared to death he'd be president again. I know many black people who vote Democrat, so we won't have to go back to the cotton fields. But I don't feel this community is so in love with Biden. I would have rather seen a woman as president than another man. As for his wife, that wasn't a way to empower women. Her press secretary tried to clean up her words, stating, 
They were intended to applaud the historic game in all women athletes. Well, all women athletes didn't win. LSU did. And no one should have to walk back her words. She should have known better. Dr. Biden isn't a baby who touched a hot stove. She's catching heat in the media because she turned the stove on. Period. Reese's coach says Reese isn't going to apologize, and I agree. She shouldn't. I like Angel Reese. She stands up for herself and takes no prisoners. How does she feel about the backlash? She said, All year I was critiqued for who I was. I don't fit the narrative. I don't fit the box that y'all want me to be in. I'm too hood. I'm too ghetto. Y'all told me that all year. But when other people do it, and y'all don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. So this is for the girls that look like me. For those that want to speak up for what they believe in. It was bigger than me tonight. And Twitter is going to go into a rage every time. And I'm happy. I feel like I've helped grow women's basketball this year. I'm looking forward to celebrating. And then next season. And on ESPN's NBA Today, she said, I've been dealing with it since high school, so obviously it's not new for me. It's just it is what it is, and I accept it. And I want to take on that role of being the black woman that's going to stand up for the girls that may not have a voice. I'm down with that. I don't care what anybody has to say about me. I love who I am. I am authentically me. We love who you are too, Reese. Congratulations to LSU. My next story, Carrie Underwood. This episode is about female empowerment. I don't have to agree with politics to see when women are torn down for no reason. Now, I remember Carrie from American Idol. She attended the CMT Awards and I thought she looked great. So did others. And the comments flowed. Best legs in the business. I'm so jealous. And those legs are surely registered weapons. Wow. But you know, when you put yourself out there on social media, you open yourself up to criticism. And it came faster than the time it took for John Wick to kill dude with a book in John Wick 3. Can't wait to see John Wick 4, by the way. Hi, Keanu. I love him. (laughs) Back to Carrie. And here came the jealousy. I know she works hard for those legs, but sometimes people take it to extremes. Maybe do some calf raises? Too many leg days, said another. Another comment. She is beautiful, but is she going into a bodybuilding competition? Those legs are a little much. One person summed it up perfectly. To anyone making negative comments about her legs... I'm going to need you to post a picture of your legs along with your jealous comments. Keep shining bright, babe. I don't even need to add to that. Carrie looked good. It's just something about insecurity that brings the ugliness out in people. Now, had she gained weight, people would have had something to say about that. And speaking of the unfairness plus size women get, moving on to Euphoria's Barbie Ferreira. She told why she left the show, and here's what she said. I don't just want to be the fat best friend. And I feel her. She's echoing what many women have been spouting for a very long time. Fat women are portrayed as less attractive, the comedic relief, 
less intelligent as their beautiful skinny friends or criminals in films. And we're sick of it. Seldom do we see the fat girl getting the handsome guy in the story. And if we do, it's due to pity or him being hit on the head with a gargoyle, implying he has to be impaired to see a fat woman as viable. I sugarcoat nothing here. And I don't believe fat should be a bad word. Even in K-dramas, you don't see the big girls winning. Yes, I've recently started watching K-dramas, you guys. Not the romantic ones because they give me a headache. But if it's about cops or sci-fi, I'm there. I just finished Flower of Evil, The Glory, and Beyond Evil. Now I'm on Hellbound, and it's good. The cop that was in Beyond Evil is in Hellbound too. I think I might do an episode on these K-dramas because I really like them. I'm probably going to combine a breakdown of the dramas with more BTS news. RM recently did a live on Weverse and he spoke out on some of the comments. I thought that was interesting because he saw the toxic behavior I've been talking about for a while. He also gave an update on where they're going to go as a group. And Tay did an interview with emojis. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't have enough ARMY listening to me at the moment to do more full episodes on BTS, but I think a combination episode would be great. Sorry for going off topic for a bit. Back to Barbie. I applaud her for standing up for not wanting to be a sidekick. I like how she said, don't believe everything you read. She said she never walked off the set and her storyline had run out of gas. People really liked her character, so I hope she's picked up elsewhere. Representation matters. My next story. Here's a former fat girl I don't root for. Escapes Latasha Scott. Now it's being rumored she stole $30,000 from her sister and former bandmate, Tamika Scott. Her sister says Latasha apologized for the drama, but I noticed she didn't apologize for stealing her money. My opinion, I think she did it. And that's not defamation, that's my opinion. I think she stole it and I think she's dirty. You don't do your sister like that. I have a sister. I wouldn't steal 30 cents from her. Tamika heard and received Latasha's apology and says she's on board with having a relationship with her sister again. Now they haven't talked. Tamika changed her number and rightfully so. But I think Latasha should thank God Tamika will even spit in her direction. I was unaware Latasha was the problematic one in the group until recently when it came out she made Candy's life difficult according to Candy. It was a shock to fans when Latasha wanted to distance herself from Escape. Well, their reality show, SWV and Escape, the queens of R&B, had some tension and it was over this missing money. Tamika claimed Latasha snatched $30,000 from her and she brought receipts. She did it. Latasha has never seemed to like Candy, even though I feel she's the better singer of the two. But hey. People can have more than you and be jealous. Candy is an excellent songwriter and she's made a lot of money. The only thing Latasha seems to have wrote was her name on a check that wasn't hers. Tamika says the feud with SWV isn't as big as it looks and they may collab with them and go on tour. I think that would be absolutely amazing. My next story, Miss Justine Bateman. 
Bateman played Mallory Keaton, who was the sister of Michael J. Fox's character on Family Ties in the 80s. She is the real-life sister of actor Jason Bateman, who did a fabulous job on Netflix's Ozark. Well, Justine has been catching hell for aging gracefully and not wanting to look like a run-over Bratz doll. I'm not knocking anyone, but listen, I'm not a fan of plastic surgery. I don't feel it helps, and most of the women who got it look awful. People say it helped the Kardashians, but trust and believe they use filters and a whole bunch of other tricks to manipulate how they look in the media. Well, for the people who feel Justine looks old, she said, I don't give a shit. I think I look rad. I think my face represents who I am, and I like it. I don't feel she looks bad. She's only 57, by the way. She said, it's silly. I've never been smarter. I've never had more connections. It's like when you're younger, you know the guy at the door of the nightclub. When you're older, you know the person who owns the building that the nightclub is in. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Go ahead, Justine. She also thinks there's a war on aging and it's an inside job that's caused women to doubt their appearance. She said, I would say to any young woman, you're being lied to. Who is making money off this? You're being lied to and you're being tricked off your path. You've got awesome things coming your way. Just stay on your path and just ride it out. I agree with her. Not just on aging, but these crazy ideas we have in the media that women have to be super thin with big boobs and big butts and flat tummies and no stretch marks. Ridiculous. The entire modeling industry is filled with pencil-thin women who look like they're starving. Hell, a lot of them are. When it comes to plastic surgery, beautiful women, again, I'm not going to say any names, have butchered themselves, even to the point where Hollywood won't hire them anymore. You go to a doctor for a fountain of youth and end up getting ink in the well. Don't take my word for it. Go to the internet and look at some before and after pictures. See if you see the beauty. It's a sick industry. Men built off the fear and insecurity of women. And it's sad. Hats off to Justine Bateman. And speaking of waking up from the industry's nightmare and embracing a new her. Black China is embracing her natural self. I can't say I was ever a fan of Black China, but I am definitely a fan of Angela White. She has two cute kids, a son with Tyga and a daughter with Robert Kardashian. She's dissolved the fillers in her face and removed her breast implants and butt injections. On Instagram, she said, enough is enough. It all has to come out. Back to the baseline. Honestly, I'm just tired of the look and it's just not flattering. It's not what I look like. It totally changed my face. She says, I don't know why I even did all the fillers. Well, I did it because I mean, everybody was doing it. I did it when I was so young. I didn't even give my body time to fully develop. She says, I've had a lot of procedures done. This is my fifth boob job. I've had liposuction three times. I've had fillers. I've had butt augmentation. Concerning the butt injection, she said, they're not going to tell you, hey, you could possibly die. 
She explains that she struggled with health issues for years due to plastic surgery. She said, my rear end would get super inflamed and it would get really, really hard and really hot. It was very scary. She also said she stopped posting on OnlyFans for the sake of her kids. I'm so glad she woke up to the industry's toxic beauty standards and she's making it work for her kids. I applaud her. How could you not root for her? Where's the mental health in all of this? Loving yourself. As women, we're going to be judged no matter what we do or say. So you might as well be yourself. There's nothing you can do against people attacking you for who you are. But you can stand up for yourself anyway. You don't need to listen to opinions about how your body looks, whether you look young or old. And you certainly don't need plastic surgery. Listening to others who aren't perfect themselves, who make money off of unrealistic beauty expectations, will only kill your self-esteem and pride in who you are. Take a listen from all the women I talked about and be your authentic selves. And I'm out of time. If you enjoyed this episode, follow me for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen from. Great weekend.